I was the head of communication for an investment bank. I was, you know, setting up basically the marketing communications department from scratch. You know, there was little there. And I had to start looking for vendors. And when I started looking for vendors that were specialized in wealth management and financial services, I couldn't find many. They were like, yeah, I understand. You know, I've been working with a credit card. And I'm like, yeah, that's finance, but that's not really what we do here. Do you understand our products? Do you understand what we're doing? So I saw the niche there and said, okay, there's definitely a need here. Most agencies just are, you know, industry agnostic and they say they do it all. And that was also the beginning of my understanding of making sure you have a very strong niche. So today on the Sea Life Different podcast, we have Alejandra. She is a successful marketing and communication strategist. She has her own agency called Tlata, which is kind of short for her last name, but we'll also get the backstory on that. And she has over 20 years in financial, technology, education, entrepreneurship, based both in the U.S., Florida, South Florida, my hometown, and Latin America. So she has, Slata has supported uh, dozens of financial services and marketing agencies and other companies that need journalism, public relations, and event planning because brand awareness and profitability is key, especially in this day and age of the great walkout and the new digital entrepreneurship. Welcome, Alejandra. How are you? Thank you very much for having me here. I'm good. Yes. So tell us more about uh, Slata and also your last name. You can talk more about where you're from, your story, and, and tell us what made Alejandra Alejandra. Oh, wow. What made Alejandra Alejandra? I like that question. Well, Slata is short for Slata Polski. My good friends, when I was little, they used to call me Slata. So when I was choosing a name for my company, I was finding I was having a very hard time and I was like, don't fight it. It's, you know, you're starting the company. You can name it. It's fine. So I just went with Slata. I'm Argentinian. I was born in Argentina and um, my last name is Polish. My great grandparents were Polish um, on my father's side, but on my mother's side, they were actually Turkish. So I had that influence there. And when I was 22, I left Argentina to study in Spain and never came back, ended up in Miami and um, started a corporate career in, you know, marketing, communications, financial services is my blood. Actually, my, my family ran a financial services firm in Argentina. Then, you know, throughout the years, I evolved in my corporate career and one day I said, you know, I was helping an agency grow very fast and I was really helping them structure the whole business. And I knew it that I, you know, I had any me to be an entrepreneur. But when I was doing that um, for others, actually building and helping them structure the business, I said, hey, I, if I can do it for them, I can do it for myself. So that's how I ended up opening my own business eight years ago. I love that. I love that. And I think it's super important for, I believe in the motto, for us, by us. So any anytime other Latin Americans uh, Latin, uh, and Hispanics see you, they're like, 
yes, he's one of us. And I feel like I can do it too. And so how did that role, how did that thought um, really play into the role of really just keeping uh, Slata up and going for two decades now? It's, it ebbs and flows, I'm not going to lie. Um, strategies come and go and the key is execution and being constant and continuing to, you know, continue rowing uh, day by day, but also trying to elevate yourself constantly. So the more you learn yourself, the more your business is going to grow. Um, there is this thing that everybody talks about that is, hey, don't work in your business, try to work on your business. Um, and, you know, for many years, I found it very hard uh, to carve out the time to do that. I think that the key is to try to every day differentiate what's urgent from what's important and try to get to both, you know, do 50-50 at least and say, okay, yeah, you know, I have to take care of this client, but what can wait so that I can also work on my business and make sure that it's growing. And sometimes working on your business is building a team and sometimes working on your business is looking at numbers, but sometimes working on your business is working on yourself, on, you know, on evaluating your weaknesses and your strengths, on reading that book that you never read or on meditating, whatever it is. But what do you know that is going to feed, you know, your your capabilities and it's going to feed your soul too. I love that. I love that you mentioned that because mindset is definitely important, especially, uh, like you said, during the ebbs and flows of um, uh, first entrepreneurship and then scaling, you know, to make it a company and then uh, mastering, you know, your system to be able to delegate and have that team. So what would you say is is key for those who are, they, they've been doing it, they know what they're doing. They know that they have this great uh, idea, they have this great business, um, but they're in that next phase where they're ready to scale and learn how to operate and, and get other help. <laughs> so how would you really go about uh, encouraging others, especially women, who tend to like to do it ourselves a lot of times to have you encourage that. I've been doing that forever. And I actually still, you know, stop myself from doing it. Like every single day I have now a business partner that I work with and I always tell her, Hey, remind me, I don't have to take it all on me. Like that's something that we all do for the sake of your business. It's very important that you stop doing, but every day, you have to remind yourself, okay, what can be done by another person that is not me? And for that to happen also, it takes some time to figure out, to put pen to paper on what is it that you're doing, right? So can you teach somebody else to do it? And yes, for many years, I also thought, no, like I cannot find anybody that has my expertise. I cannot find anybody that will do this, this, this and that like me. And it's true. And that's why I built this business. But I will find two people, three people that will complement each other to reach that objective. And how will I do that? It's actually training them and showing them, hey, this is how I do things. And not assuming that they will get it right the first on the first you know, uh, try. Not fixing their work. That was a great lesson. Like, some years ago, I said, I'm going to stop fixing everybody's work. And I push it back. 
hey, this is not good enough. This is my feedback. Go back and redo it. I used to just grab it. You know, you sent me a presentation for a client and I was just like, okay, do I explain it or do I just fix it? And I was like, well, it's going to be faster. Let me just fix it. You know, I go and fix it and it's done. Then the team doesn't learn. And I, you know, it took me also some learning process to say, no, I need to put it back. I need to push it back and say, hey, go back. And then, of course, the revisions, you know, little by little, what can I tell you? It's, it's a learning process. And every step of the scaling process is important, too. So give yourself time and work on that. Work on, you know, putting pen to paper and examining your head what you know and how you can split it up and explain it. Very great tips. Very great tips. And so now I want to kind of talk about more about specifically about what you do. So I know that you mainly do, you do branding, you do marketing, you do content marketing, but which service came first and where did you start to see the need um, in your industry for, as you, as your business began to grow and you started to offer more services and you started to find what really worked for you? I was the head of communication for an investment bank. I was, you know, setting up basically the marketing communications department from scratch. You know, there was little there. And I had to start looking for vendors. And when I started looking for vendors that were specialized in wealth management and financial services, I couldn't find many. They were like, yeah, I understand. You know, I've been working with a credit card. And I'm like, yeah, that's finance, but that's not really what we do here. Do you understand our products? Do you understand what we're doing? So I saw the niche there and said, okay, there's definitely a need here. Most agencies just are, you know, industry agnostic and they say they do it all. And that was also the beginning of my understanding of making sure you have a very strong niche and that you go for it. So that's how I decided, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to launch an agency that is specialized in financial services. Because that's, you know, I do see the need. After that, I did continue. Once I started having my own clients, I observed, you know, a client may come with, you know, I do all of the marketing services. My team, you know, we have the SEO, the community managers, the designers, the web developers, all of the marketing suite um, that you need to execute marketing strategies, right? And I would get clients that would say, hey, you know what? I want, um, I just want you to do a, a new website. And whenever I would go about doing the website, I would always find out in the process that there was something lacking in the core offering definition or in the business strategy or in the growth strategy, or there was always something behind that need that I would have to go back and fix before getting into the project. So uh, all the time I would be, and I would end up actually doing business strategy consulting, <laughs> uh, just part of, a, of a, you know, another marketing service that I was providing. And that's when my, the next phase of my business came about that it's um, actually the merger that I just finished with Scalto, and that is the other agency that I'm launching with my partner. That is about, okay, let's really put our minds and design a process that helps companies scale 
from a branding and communications perspective, but with a strong business strategy behind it and the analysis of your growth options. Why do I talk about the growth options? Because most people will just go for the latest shiny thing in marketing instead of really analyzing where the target is and how to get to them and what's the best option in the market for them to grab, the best space for them to grab. So we do all of that work. We, we get together with the client, really dive deep into what is it that they have as their core value proposition, what options they have for growth, and then we find all the marketing and the lead generation process for them. This episode is sponsored by Chime Bank, a branch of the Bancorp Bank. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. And the best part, there's no overdraft fee, no international transaction fee, no transfer fee, no minimum balance fees, and I can deposit checks right from the app. Do you want to withdraw money from an ATM? Go to any ATM in the U.S. and they will give you your money back. I love the fact that it automatically saves money for me. If I spend, it will round it up and put the change in my savings account. Click on my link and you'll get $50 after you receive your first direct deposit. Visit bit.ly forward slash the number two Chime Bank. That's C-H-I-M-E-B-A-N-K. That's super important. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. And I'm glad that um, you're doing that because, of course, like you say, we are all the same, but we are all different at the same time. Because even for me, my focus is literally the same exact thing. As a photographer, I started out just taking photographs. When I would take these photographs and see them just, this was before Instagram, so I would just see them just either not use the photos at all. I would see them just dump it on Instagram. So it's like, okay, so how are you monetizing? How are you utilizing, you know, these photographs? So that's where, where my expertise came in in the creative side of like, okay, it sounds like I need to consult with you on how to use these photographs. So yeah, that's super, super important. And now what tips though, can you give like one example for the financial industry of what uh, is one, uh, either one social media network, one platform that really the industry should be focusing on in this time? Wow, that's hard. Um, it really depends who you're going for. I, you know, I have clients that sell to other institutions, clients that sell to financial advisors, others that go directly to the investor. So it really depends who you're going for. What I always invite everybody to do is go out and create content that is valuable for the person that you're aiming for. Really valuable, not just superficial valuable. Create something that they can use. Create things that, you know, really are educating them. Whether it's in Instagram, LinkedIn, on a podcast, a webinar, a guide, whatever it is. But really, like, go deep into exactly who your buyer is and what they need to know. Um, and worry about them authentically, right? So I have a client that targets investors. We're giving them, you know, real saving tips, blockchain information, platforms information, but real information that they can use, not just information that is a way to push their products in another way. 
No, build the trust, give them information, and then they'll come. Um, I think that's that's very important. And everybody can perceive fake a mile away already. So you want to be as authentic as possible. Very good, tip, very good. Tip. Definitely warm them up first before you start selling your services. So that's a great tip. Now, I kind of want to go back to mindset. Um, maybe give one to three of your mindset tips, mindset hacks, um, ones that have helped you um, and ones that you feel that could help um, other women. Oh, this is very personal. I, I always had, you know, glass half empty mind um, growing up. Um, everything was blown out of proportion. Um, and everything that was good I would take for granted, honestly. Like that was the way, like, okay, yeah, I'm doing good in the business. It's easy. You know, I, anybody can do it. That was my just justification. Or, you know, my kids are doing great. Well, yeah, I'm an average mom. I don't like, that would be my mind. And one day my coach actually mentioned the, the gratitude book, you know, every, every single night, writing out, you know, five, 10 things that you are thankful for. And, you know, at first it's easy. But once you do it every single night, it's harder to find new things. What I found, you know, throughout the months that I did it, when I, you know, I kept it up, and was that my mind was starting to change, actually change. And my coach explained there is a neurology, like approved neurological switch that you do on your mind when you do that. And what happened was that little by little, you know, I would have, you know, a setback with a client would take me three, four days to recuperate from. And one day I had a setback, a setback with, you know, a client that was not happy and that's pretty common in every single business you go and you know about an hour later I was fine like it really did not hit me that hard because every single day I was looking at you know the positive things in my life without even realizing it I was doing it so for me and I, I you know I tell it to everybody that wants to listen is the greatest hack <laughs> to your mind uh, that you can do is that little thing um, every single night. Even like there are days that you're like, oh my God, I'm so tired. This was a horrible day. And that's the day to do it, <laughs> right? But it really like, it makes, it transform your mind and it's, it's, I don't know, it was, it was magical to me. I, you know, right now, every single negative thing that happens in my life is just so much easier to, to process. Gratitude definitely goes a long way. I think the more adversity we face, the, the harder it gets. And so just like you say, you got to do it every single day. You got to work, work it out every single day, because I think that's the thing that a lot of women entrepreneurs and business owners tend to forget is that the mindset is first and foremost, you know, no matter what business, no matter what industry. True. Like, true. like if you're being true, there are people that gratitude comes easier for them. 
you know, it, I have, you know, my, I have my sister-in-law, I, I see her, she's like, she's cheerful, you know, every single day, you know, she has all these setbacks in her life, but she's like, everything's fine, right? And everything, she, she keeps on and she has this positive energy about her. And I, and I'm, sometimes I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> right? But, uh, you know, but when I realized that I could do it too, that I could be, you know, not that negative. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a very cynic person anyways. You know, I'm not going to change that. And I'm, <laughs> I know my jokes are very like, um, yeah, how do I say, like, they're, they're very dry. Uh, but that doesn't change the fact that now I, you know, I don't let things get that much to me so that I don't, you know, that I'm, you know, really appreciating what I have truly. And that's actually very important because I'm glad that you mentioned uh, dealing with difficult clients. So maybe if you have one more tip for the women entrepreneurs on how to deal with those difficult clients and not take it personal. Oh, yeah, that's hard, especially when you started out and if you're the only one and it's like, OK, you're rejecting me or you're criticizing me directly. Um, it's not easy. Um one switch I made was exactly that. Once I said, you're not criticizing me, you're criticizing my organization or my work. Um, you know, separating yourself from that is like, yeah, yeah. You as a person, you're still a good person, hopefully. <laughs> you're still you. Um, what you produced, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not that good, and sometimes it's not a fit. Um, so it's two tips. One is separating your, your self-worth from your work. It's very important. And the other one is accept that not everybody is a fit. And we are actually incorporating that into our process now of filtering clients. Because you want to work with people that, you know, make you feel good, that respect you. And uh, that's it's very important because you don't, you don't have to, like one, everybody thinks you, you have to work with the nasty client or the nasty, nasty executive. And once you say no, all the positive ones and the best ones will come. So I think that, you know, setting your boundaries and really taking a look at who you work with, is important. Very important. Yeah. Just like you said, you gotta, um, go through the bad to get through the good or you got to get the bad apples before you get to the good apples so yeah super important okay we are coming to the end and i have one a couple more fun questions for you so one of the questions is what is your favorite book that you are reading or listening to right now well by far of all times my favorite philosophy and book is start with why by Simon Sinek, that, you know, I, I just, I love it. And then I read novels to take my mind off of business too, that I like too, yeah. And of course, movies and all that, yeah. This Is Us, the series. That's the best series I've seen ever. The best scripting, the best acting ever. No, I love it. This Is Us, yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite too. But I'm I'm like um um I'm empathetic, I'm emotional, so I love you know real life stories like that. So, so yeah, yeah. 
if you um, had a chance to uh, travel in the next year, where would you want to travel to? I've been wanting to go to Bali for some reason. Well, what reason is that? It came out for one reason. So what reason do you think? I think it's a combination of a relaxing vibe that I get from what I see. All of the spirituality um, that comes from there too. So I really feel like I could use a spiritual journey next year. Perfect. And one last question that I've asked most guests uh, is as a way to really see life different, um, I always love to ask guests, what do you see your legacy as? What do you want your legacy to be? Well, two things. One is whoever works with me to see that you can bring your whole self to work, your authentic self to work uh, without hiding or pretending to be anything else. And that that's the best thing you can do that I've been talking with my team about it. And that's very important to me. And the second one, I have two kids and I just hope I'm able to see them grow up to just be satisfied and whole with their lives. I'm I'm pretty intuitive, so I feel like there's going to be a uh, holistic change in you in the next year, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, <laughs> good. Yes. Okay, we'll check back then in uh, in yeah. in ten months. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Let's do that. Not Let's do that. 10. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And so, in the meantime, how can um, other womenpreneurs either? Uh, if they're in the financial industry, work with you, or if they're not in the financial industry, find your podcast. Well, my podcast is called The Beast of Wealth. Uh, and you can find me, my name is pretty particular, Alejandra Slata Polsky. You can find me on LinkedIn. And my email is Alejandra S at scalto.com. So uh, are you on social media? I know that you know, oh, yeah. sometimes you have to do it for your business, but you, how do you feel about social media? I am. I'm, I'm on all channels. I try to not get too hooked. Uh, I was on Instagram too much lately and I tried to get back. Uh, but yeah, I'm on Instagram, on um, Twitter, LinkedIn. And I partly use it for news too. And then I use it to, you know, keep up with friends and uh, with professional um, colleagues on LinkedIn. So I, I, I vary it all a little bit, but try to keep it to, you know, a healthy habit. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, thank you, Alejandro. This has been a great conversation on the Sea Light Dipping Podcast. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you for having me here. It was super fun. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Be sure to subscribe, follow, and download so you don't miss the next episode. If you want to learn more, you can visit ZakiraNayar.com. That's Z-A-A-K-I-R-A-H-N-A-Y-Y-A-R.com.